This is Pastoring Out Loud, Lightning Round Lightning. With your host, Daniel Vizbicki, and my guests, <laughs> Nick Rowan, Dave Zuliger, and Stacey Thorpe. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, everyone. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we did one of these lightning rounds when we were talking about eschatology like a year or two ago. Dave mm-hmm. and I just quickly answered a bunch of popcorn type things. But today, what kind of lightning round might it be, guys? The suspense is killing me. Mm. <laughs> a lightning round about church autonomy. I'm glad you're not a talk show host. <laughs> and transitions. <laughs> church autonomy, transitions, things like that. Well, I was gone during the summer, guys, and I only made it to one of the Q&As, so I have some questions <laughs> about how our church is going to transition away from, quote-unquote, one church on three campuses to one church. So, on one campuses. Uh, thanks. Thanks for that, Dave. So, guys, when is this going to happen? If, uh, well, I know there's a vote on October 16th. I've seen the emails, you know, and you're asking me to come and vote to do what? What am I, what am I supposed to vote for on October 16th? Yeah. So uh, the vote on October 16th will be to authorize the elders to take the necessary steps to become three separate churches, basically. Does that mean that after I vote on that, I don't have to do anything else, the elders will take care of all the rest. And since I implicitly trust every elder, it's totally okay, right? Is that right? I appreciate your trust, Daniel, um, but not, not not quite like that. I mean, basically what we're asking the, uh, the congregation to vote on is for us to be able to, you know, finalize any uh, contractual things, you know, thinking of, assets and liabilities, including debt and buildings and all that, like with the bank. So any, any purchase or transfer agreements, um, you know, finalizing any, uh, any, yeah, any just, uh, contractual things with vendors, you know, there's, you know, like right now we have a, we have a lease on a printer at in our office, just a little ways down from us. And, they need to know that a new church will now be paying that lease. Um, so things like that. And then also uh, giving elders uh, and not just, you know, elder, when we say elders, we don't just mean like the elders are doing all of it, but elders then designees of the elders, designated people of the elders to help us figure out how do we go about, you know, assigning members to these new entities uh, how do we go about assigning staff to these new entities, you know, elders to these new entities um, and so just allowing us to take the steps to make that happen, um, in a way that is, you know, the most efficient and the best. And there's, uh, you know, even at our elder meeting last night, we heard about some ideas about those things. Um, but that, that's really what they're authorizing us to do. Just the setting the, up like payroll and benefits and making sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the, yeah, that stuff's yeah. Operational readiness mm-hmm. of the various places, which the congregation, I mean, right now they don't, they don't, you know, typically vote on or anything us, you know, where we get our payroll through or anything like that. Yeah. So it really is more of the stuff I think I listed before, just because those all require, uh, like they're members. And so they should get to vote on us 
helping transfer their membership, their members, mm-hmm. and so they should get to vote on these big transactions financially that are happening. Uh, sure. So that's really what's happening is them allowing us to negotiate with these places and get it get it done. Stacy, are there any benefits you currently don't have as an employee that you hope you will have as part of our <laughs> next church name? I, 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 I hope not, because I think we're maintaining the same ones. Oh, we are? <laughs> oh, that's good to know. News to me. That's so, not, but open that's question. Not, that's news to you. Well, sure, actually, you I don't actually I get any benefits because I'm only part-time. Uh, so it really doesn't apply to me. So okay. I I mean, I want I get the freezer paid. in the office to always be stocked so, with ice cream. Wow. Well, I don't need ice cream at work, Nick, but. Or Apple, (laughs) things like that. Um, So if the vote happens on October 16th, when might the actual change for us to be a new church, like be, like, I guess, finalized? Yeah. I think the, I think the answer would be as soon as it can be. Um, October 17th? October 17th seems very unlikely to me. Uh, actually it seems impossible to me, so I'm not worried. I, I don't, I don't think it could happen earlier than December. Uh, and I don't think it would happen later than March or April. That, that, that's, I think, you know, there's, there's things that we need to figure out with the bank. There's things we need to figure out with various services. And the reason that there's that kind of there's that broadness. Is it really just, you know, we, there's a lot of things we, we're not going to enter into until the congregation votes on this because we're congregational. And therefore, we've had lots of conversations with people about, hey, here's where we're going. And again, a lot of the people we work with work with churches a lot, so they understand mm-hmm. they understand the, the voting process and the congregational process. But once October 16th happens, if the congregation votes it forward, then we need to go to those people and say, hey, you know, can you start on our project tomorrow or is it going to take you a month to start on it? Can, you know, can we, can we, um, get this loan finalized by, you know, mid November or is it, you know, February, you know, there's all the, all these things and all those are going to have to come together Mm. for a final date. So yeah, that's, that's kind of a range. That's my guess. So you said December, December to March. That's a guess. Okay. Like, uh, so as just soon like, as December, yeah. As soon as like December 1st or as soon as December 31st? I am doing math and thinking six weeks would be minimum. And then if there's certain things that fall through and take a lot longer than I'm thinking. Um, and, and, and the reason I say it is because the end of the year, uh, if, if, you're not, if you're not finalized by sometime in December, for example, uh, whether that's early December or later December, then once January hits, there's kind of the the settling and understanding exactly what happened. Uh, that that takes our accounting department, you know, a good a good month to kind of figure out. And banks are probably going to want to wait till they see how that went, and then you probably get another month or two after that. So I think so. I think it's either pre uh, beginning of the year or it's a few months into next year. That's my take. So what about global partners? What about BCS? What about other things that we've commonly shared, you know, vision with, funds with, um, perhaps with, you know, shared with the other campuses? Um, what do our, what will our relationship be like with uh, those various things? And there are others, you know, you guys were at more of the Q and A's. Like, what other things are there in addition to those? But what will happen in our relationship with them? Yeah. So. <clears throat> um, 
Global Outreach has already, uh, over the summer, migrated to being campus-specific. So we are already, uh, just as the South Campus, responsible for our own, what is it, 20, 25 global partners or so. Um, <clears throat> so we're already overseeing that and we're already um, you know, taking steps to account for those things in future budgets. And um, we came up with um, some guiding principles as elders because um, the South elders really, we want to be intentional in interacting with this new campus specific ministry now. It's no longer all church. So we, we've come up with some guiding principles and we're happy to share those with people um, about you know how we'll um, fund and evaluate global partners going forward. And um, so that's already been campus specific. How did the 25 or so global partners that we have now become our global partners specific to South in comparison to you know somebody else's global partners? Were they all ones that were over the years, like they were here and we sent them out? Did they come to us later? What, what happened? Uh, it's, a, it's a mixed bag of reasons. Um, I think a large number of them were simply assigned to the South Campus. That started, my understanding- Who assigned the, them? I think the, the centralized go department did. And I think they tried to do it kind of proportionately to campus size and stuff like that back in the, the data in my head is like 2012. Um, I don't know if that's completely right, um, but a while ago. Um, and then over the years, there have been some, like I know a couple global partners who just requested based on relationships they have or even where they live when they come back on home assignment or whatever, they requested to be South Campus global partners. Um, and then we've had some that have been South Global Partners that say, well, actually we live in Andover, you know, maybe it'd be better if we are North Global Partners because then we can interact with the North campus when we're home. So it's a, it's a variety of ways and, and reasons. So, I mean, the only thing I'd add to that, that Nick was covering is that I think the plan all along has been to, to go over some of those guiding principles with the global partners in August and September and interact over it with them and over, you know, all the various nuances of being campus specific now. And then in October, uh, like I, I think it, uh, by the time people listen to this, they might've already gotten an email from me that has the guiding principles in them. And I'm planning to preach on them, like the general outlines of those right, guiding principles, right. the second week of <clears throat> global focus to, to try to give some, biblical foundational reasons for our people as a whole gathered group. So so what about uh, BCS? Right now, the three elder boards, yay, you might call them a presbytery <laughs> session when they gather, have technical <laughs> oversight over yay. the BCS board. <laughs> they have, uh, we have technical oversight over the BCS board. In what way? What way do we have oversight over BCS as elders at the three? Uh, campuses going forward or now uh, presently yeah presently um, basically the role of the elders is to appoint the the board members uh, that's really what the elders do in relationship to BCS obviously pastors do mentorship and stuff and, and really grateful for a lot of SEM students here even at the south campus that are at our elder meetings doing ministry here but the formal role that the elders currently have in governance is to uh, accept, appoint, or remove board members. 
uh, for BCS. And so that's what that's what it's like presently uh, going forward. North and downtown are going to share that continued governance. And while South, uh, one, one of the new things BCS is talking about is kind of partner churches, even if they're not governance churches. And so we've made it known that we want to be a partner church, which means we want to have students, we want to mentor, we want to be engaged. We really love a lot of the things that BCS is doing. Um, it also means that we're not going to have a governance role. And that's that's mainly, we just feel uh, like the, the distance is a really big distance. So the number of students that we have at the South Campus is just very, very small compared mm-hmm. to right. downtown where the campus is or north. Where which the is BCS like, campus is. Yeah, yeah, or north where, you know, they're, I think they're, you know, nine or 10 miles away from down, the downtown campus. So, um so yeah, no no governance going forward for us. Downtown and North are going to share that, but we'll still be engaged with students. Okay. What about debt? Like we, we've you've seen on the website, we're splitting the debt evenly. Is that a pretty static number, unlikely to change before the end of the year, or is it possible that that might change? The the, the number of debt that we would be taking on as a South Campus. The ratio of debt we'd be taking on, or the total amount. Total amount. Yeah. Because right now it's a fixed mortgage, right? Like it's a yeah, yeah. I mean it's a it's it's going down every month as we pay it. Yeah. So I think that there's a calculation um, of what it'll be, you know, depending on when we actually separate uh, the debt thing. I mean, everyone I've talked to, I've just said the debt thing is kind of the hardest thing to figure out. Um, it's already built into our budget, an approximation of what we think it would be. Our South Campus, our South Campus upcoming bu- budget. You know, proposed budget. And that, and again, I'll just say, I believe a little bit more detailed South Campus budget will be coming out in the next couple of weeks as well for people to view. And the mortgage is included in that. Um, so we, we feel okay about taking it on. We feel like we can fit it into our budget. We've kind of done the math on it and I think it's going to be okay. I, I've had some people say, well, we're only, you know, 18% of the giving, why Why 33% of the debt? And I just say that, you know, to, to um, if you were going to say, well, South is 18% right now and North is whatever North is and downtown is whatever mm-hmm. downtown is, so let's lock that in and split up the debt that way. We just know uh, that, that churches ebb and flow and that sometimes churches get bigger and sometimes they get smaller uh, for seasons for various reasons. We've even seen that you know, at Bethlehem over the last couple of years. And so it didn't seem helpful to kind of lock that in as the, you know, the rate for the next 20 years. Um, And so the third, third, third is really kind of a acknowledgement of we really went into this debt together. Um, You know, South people have (laughs) paid for, you know, the North building for a long time and downtown projects along the way. Uh, Now downtown and North folks have paid for the South building for four years you know, you could go on and on about all the the cross, uh, the cross support that's happened for the various things. It just seemed like, well, we went in, went in it together. Let's kind of uh, leave it together uh, this way. And it seemed like a helpful way to just kind of have gospel generosity all around to say, let's the best we can think we can do as far as what's fair. So, is there a possibility that if Bethlehem ends the year with less giving and uh, some of the giving trends, depending on you know, if you're paying attention to the weekly email, uh, are tending downwards. Is it possible that we would have a higher debt burden if giving 
is low heading into the end of the year? Suppose, I mean, it, I, I think, I think what I'm hearing from our financial people right now is that that's a, a possibility. Um, and, and what, just to be clear, what you mean when you say that is that not that our mortgage would increase, it, right? Is right. that giving is so low this year that our reserves are used up in such a way that there's more debt to be paid, like with the line of credit? Yeah, yep. And that, that reserves as a deficit. Yeah. And I would say, I would say that's a possibility. Um, it's it's hard to tell because of the way giving trends at Bethlehem tend so much higher in November and December. Um, so I think it's a little bit hard to predict, but that's certainly a, a possibility. It, it certainly could be, but I don't think we know right now. So people are just doing, like you said, they're doing trends to see, and a trend is a trend. <laughs> and yeah, we never know. So. so last main question I have, but there's probably some others that you guys have, you know, jump jump in here at any point, but the church budget as oh no two questions ha 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 first <laughs> the budget um, the budget will be essentially the same as what we're doing now a little bit different where will there be significant adjustments if there are any well the significant adjustment is that's just south campus right so right. that's a pretty significant one as far as you know, what the South Campus portion of the all-church budget is now versus what it will be, I don't think that there are, I'm just trying to think, I don't, I don't think that there are significant changes, you know, similar staffing, similar programming, it's still the building, obviously the debt will be added in there in its particular way, um, but, I, I, you know, we're not, we're not recreating the wheel uh, in many ways right now, so there's not plans for a major overhaul or anything like that that I can think of. So what about the name of our new church? Any uh, any insight into when that will be forthcoming? Any uh, Anything else that you'd say about that? I think you did a whole episode about the names like in August or something like that. But like it's it's now the beginning of October. What uh, What's forthcoming? Yeah, I think... I think the elders need to come to a decision on October 11th. <laughs> so, um, what, what's special about October 11th? There's a South Elder meeting. Ah, uh, so will I, this podcast be released? I probably October 11th, won't it? Maybe it's a Tuesday, right? Yeah, it is. So, so pray if you're for listening us. to this, for us. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this on October 11th, yeah, uh, pray please pray us. for us ahead of our meeting. Yeah, I, I think that with the, some of the steps that need to happen, we need. We need a name because you need to have a name to have it for your entity, for your, for what you are. So I think we need to wrap this thing up one way or another. Okay. So more, more forthcoming. Anything else from the Q and A's guys or anything else about church transition that's happening that useful talking about? I mean, just to say again, <clears throat> we've said it at the beginning of every Q and A that the, um, Various, we're talking about various things. What is what's our new church? You know, bylaws and all those things that could potentially be tweaked or changed. But the elder affirmation of faith uh, is not up for grabs. So, as far as doctrinally, who we are, what we believe, um, and how those things work out in the life of our church, that's not that's not going to change. Mm -hmm. That brings up a good question. What about other 
documents, constitution, bylaws, stuff like that. I mean, those would necessarily need to change at least a little bit. Yeah. Yep. And the elders are, we're currently talking about all those things and working through drafts of those. I mean, to, to, to make a new legal entity, you have to file with articles of incorporation and bylaws. Uh And so we have to tweak those at at least a little bit. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Include new names. Yeah. And so, so we're just talking through those and I mean, we're still going to be the same type of church still going to be congregational, still believe the same things that we do. And there might be some procedural things that might change slightly um, or, you know, the percentage of quorum or something like that. Um, things like that. Um, but generally we're going to be, we're going to be the same church. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the way I've tried to explain it to people recently is that the, to Nick's point, the elder affirmation of faith is kind of the, this foundational document that guides our teaching and our practice in a way that we love and we embrace. And so um, any, you know, any, any change to a, a constitution or a bylaws or a mission statement or anything like that is really going to be a nuanced expression of, of our particular local church, but we're not changing our theology. Uh, you're not going to notice huge changes on Sunday mornings. I mean, I'm, I'm me and Nick's Nick and Daniel's Daniel and Stacy Stacy and Ethan's Ethan. And so when we're praying and we're singing and we're worshiping, we're preaching, you know, I mean, it, it stuff's just not, there's just not big changes And the South elders are committed to, they're committed to all these, these things. And so it would be a, yeah, it's just going to, those things would just be an expression of like nuanced values. So for example, one of the things in the constitution and bylaws we've been wrestling with is, not going to be a surprise to people in that we really want congregational participation. And so we're talking about things like maybe the quorum should be 30%, not 10%, right? That's not, that's not earth shattering. What's a quorum? Quorums, how many people need to be at a family meeting to vote on stuff. Gotcha. And so, uh, we're just, just saying maybe, maybe we want more people there. We want the, you know, we really want to encourage the church to show up and, and help with these things and a, again, a mission statement would just be a nuanced expression of just who we think we are in this moment. That's not going to have any differences theologically uh, from where we've been. So that's how I've been talking about it. Well, we've got Ethan here and Stacy too, super active participants, both of you. Uh, so the open-ended question I would ask uh, now that the elders have kind of you know talked a bit um, for you guys on staff, what do you think about this transition and change? Like open-ended question to close our time. I think it's great. Um, you mean in general? Yeah, it's like a very, autonomy in general. Very blank check. Sure. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it allows um, opportunities to invest here in our local body. I know for me, uh, my current job is split fifty-fifty. Um, I spend a lot of time at the downtown campus and the North campus doing media things, um, taking care of equipment. And that's good. It's, it's a good thing to serve those bodies, but I'll be able to invest here much more with our church family on this campus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I think this is the, we're getting to the finish line of something we've been talking about for a long time of, you know, starting even back of campus specific preaching and, um, campus specific quarterly strategy meetings and things like that. So I think we're getting to the finish line of getting to this place of, um, like Ethan said, you know, just local 
focus and um, focus on this South congregation and where God's placed us in the South suburbs. So um, I'm excited. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of details going on and things up in the air and a lot for the operation side of things to happen still. But um, as far as the elders, I'm thankful that you guys have been just really open about the process, even when you don't have the answers. Um, I just think the Q and A's have been great. You've been dialoguing with people along the way. So I think it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday the 11th, please pray for the elders. Uh, we're meeting on Tuesday the 11th, and then you'll be getting this. Uh, this is released on Tuesday the 11th, so the vote is on October 16th. Please come 4 o'clock for our own South Campus family business, including membership matters. And then at 5 o'clock, uh, we're going to link with the other two campuses to make a formal vote motion and vote in regards to uh, separating them to three autonomous churches. And it's probably worth mentioning just the Multiply webpage again, oh, yeah. too. Bethlehem.church forward slash Multiply. Where all of this information will be readily available to look through before the meeting on the yeah. 16th. And we're always happy to just chat. So feel free to email us and we'll get to it. We got, we'll get to it. We got a bunch of snacks for October 16th. Oh, since, snacks. Since we're yes. getting there from 4 to 7. Mm. Yes, thinking, not enough oh, time, be, not enough time for a full meal. You don't think it'll be until 7 oh. o'clock that we're voting on this? We'll be done in 30 minutes, right, Dave? We're going to have snacks. Oh, wait. <laughs> There's no meal in between? There's not enough time for a full meal. For so meal. there will be yeah. yummy, yummy morsels. DoorDash maybe <laughs> making a number of deliveries to 2700 Kenrick Avenue. Lakeville, Minnesota, 55044. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. 